And it's this cool thing that happens right there in the therapy session where you see this sort of initial discomfort, but then this kind of warmth takes over. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. Are you looking for a little more in your love and marriage? Do you need to get beyond the mundane, the routine, the ruts we all get into? Today, we're going to get face-to-face with the one you love, seven keys to a secure marriage. It's always been a mystery to me How two hearts can come together And love can last forever But now that I have found you, I believe That a miracle has come When God sends a perfect one Now gone are all my questions about why And I've never been so sure of anything in my life Oh, I wonder what God was thinking When He created you I wonder if He knew everything Cause he made all my dreams come true When God made you He must have been thinking about me Welcome into Life, Love and Family. Hi, I'm Dr. Tim Clinton, President of the American Association of Christian Counselors. I've said it many times before, there's nothing more beautiful in all the world than to be in a relationship with someone who's supposed to love you and they actually love you. And there's nothing more painful in life than to be in a relationship with someone who's supposed to love you and they don't love you. Our special guest today is Dr. Jesse Gill. He's a Christian psychologist practicing for over 15 years. He's an expert on relationship and attachment theory, especially as it relates to building healthy and strong marriages. He's been training counselors, pastors, and couples for more than a decade in these important truths. He has a brand new book out called Face to Face, Seven Keys to a Secure Marriage. He and his wife, April, are on a marriage ministry mission. Their goal to heal broken marriages and to prevent others from falling apart in the first place. Jesse, welcome into Life, Love, and Family. Tim, it's great to be with you. Jesse, as we get started, Julie and I got married young and uh, had a pretty tough go of it. There were some not icy spots. There were some pretty difficult, dark moments in our relationship. And I think a lot of couples hit the wall. They have those times when they don't feel close. Maybe they war a little bit. You guys ever go through any of that, Jesse? Oh, sure. April and I, like every couple, had our storming and norming stage, but we've enjoyed the fruit of engaging those conflicts in healthy ways and learning how to be vulnerable. But I'm definitely just like you and every other married couple. We all have those times when we get our feelings hurt and we've got to uh, do the repair work. Those are difficult times because you want someone who's supposed to be there for you. You want to feel safe all the time and more in your relationship. And I know you're going to talk about those principles as we look at how to build a secure marriage. But for those who are out there right now, can you give them a word of encouragement? Let them know what you're seeing in the relationships you've been working with and what you've seen with April in building your love. Well, I can 
attest to it personally that these principles of stepping into your connection from an attachment standpoint, they're powerful, they're effective, and I want to give you hope if you are a married person who is feeling alone and feeling pain and you're feeling shut out. There are powerful ways to turn that around and re-engage at the heart level. And it's actually God's plan for you. It's part of His beautiful design for human relationships and especially for marriage. Jesse, we talk about, it's called attachment theory. It's really about a theory of relationship. It's the heart of a book that you've written, new book called Face to Face, Seven Keys to a Secure Marriage. Give us just a little lesson from your perspective about what that theory means and why it's so significant in understanding how to build a healthy marriage, a healthy love together. When we think about attachment theory, we're really talking about the bonding design that God ordained for human relationships. And and if you will, sort of just bring to mind a picture of a parent and a child. So if you remember back when your child is just that infant, you're holding them in your arms, you bring them right up close to your shoulder, there's the skin-to-skin contact, there's the emotional soothing that comes just directly from your heart, even without words, and then you kind of pull them back a little bit and you look face-to-face in their eyes. All of these interactions back and forth create a powerful bond between a little baby and their parents, and so that bond is called the attachment bond. In the modern era, it's really what we know of as the tangible experience of love. It's how love is felt and sensed, even without words. And when somebody has consistent, repeated, stable experiences of being comforted, being held, especially when they're in a moment of distress, it permanently builds this sense, this foundation that they are secure. Secure attachment is what we all want. (laughs) What that means is that I know I can turn to you when I'm in trouble. I know that you're going to be tuned in to me face to face. I know that you care about me, and so I know I'm not alone. And it provides a tremendous sense of strength because I know that the home base is shored up and I can branch out and do whatever I need to do, whatever God has called me to do, and I come back and you're there for me. I mentioned some of that emotional signaling a a minute ago. For us as grown-ups, we communicate to our spouse through words what those emotional needs are. And if we have a secure attachment framework, we do that vulnerably, we do that openly, we do that without shame, and it sends just a real clear signal to our spouse about what we need at any given moment. So that's kind of how we take the bonding process that was forged in infancy and we transfer that over to us as grown-ups and in our relationship with our spouse. Okay, so let's just jump into the couple then, and they'd say this, got it. We don't have that, Jesse, Mr. Christian Psychologist. How <laughs> how are we supposed to go there? We try to pray together. We try to have a date night. We try to talk things through. It doesn't work for us. There are walls between us. And we can't seem to rip them down. All we wind up doing then is fight. All we do is fight, fight, fight. Right. It's true, Tim. There are many couples who are caught in these powerful negative cycles where one of them is they're really feeling abandoned, the opposite of that sense that I'm not alone. They're feeling alone and they're jacking up the volume and they're angry and they're hurting. And then accidentally they end up taking their other spouse and giving them a critical message. So the one spouse is kind of 
shutting down and pulling away. And so we have one spouse who's maybe feeling criticized and, uh, and they're avoiding and they're feeling ashamed. They're pulling away. The other spouse is feeling lonely. And if you could kind of picture of an image, it's like a, a round and round loop. And the more one protests, the more the other one shuts down. That's actually the first step is recognizing that you and your spouse are caught in a negative cycle. There's a couple of them that I've mapped out in the book for readers. But that first step is sort of like, you know, the truth that sets you free when you realize that we're fighting because we're not able to clearly uh, reach each other and convey those deepest attachment longings. It's backfiring. So we've got to catch the negative cycle and we've got to go down to the root causes, which is our great need and longing for one another. It's a whole shift that must fundamentally take place just to even get started on turning around those conflict cycles. Jesse, I've seen in some of the marital research out there that negative behavior is far more predictive than positive. In other words, most couples are in trouble. All they are doing is fighting. They're constantly fighting, and somehow they've got to stop the negative because you can do a nice thing for your spouse, but one negative wipes it out. Or some are saying it takes five to 20 positives to counteract one negative, but here we are caught up in this spin. How do you kind of edit that down, Jesse? How do you work with couples in your marriage ministry, uh, especially if they're not feeling safe, the walls are really thick between them, the hurt is just soaring, you're right. We're in this conflict pattern. You say, okay, there's a protest avoidance thing going on. What does that mean for me living in Kalamazoo, Michigan right now? I'm by myself. <laughs> yeah. In a marriage therapy session, the I as the counselor really step in and I intervene. And so I'm catching the bullets. I'm stopping the negative cycle on behalf of the couple. So like you said, that we can greatly reduce those frequencies, those incidents of negativity that are going on. If you are not able to get into marriage counseling, I think it really is important to start the journey within. And so that's where a great book like Face to Face, Seven Keys to a Secure Marriage helps you identify what are your attachment needs? What are your attachment longings? What are the places where you are getting stuck? You know, you can't control your spouse's response, but you can dig in, search your heart, let the Holy Spirit shine his light on that. And then you can start to bring forward a completely different message to your spouse than the one that you've been caught in in the negative cycle. So if you're in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and you are not able to get into marriage therapy, you can still get started on this important journey of searching out what those specific longings are for you that are, they're coming out kind of sideways. They're coming out indirectly. So your spouse is just not getting the clear picture of what your hurts are or what's really going on for you at the core. Yeah. And all you typically are doing is you're fighting, you're shouting, you're whatever pattern that is exhibited in your relationship is a statement that you're not feeling heard or for some reason your love message isn't getting through. And so the woundedness is overcome the relationship. And Christian psychologists, counselors, Jesse, often talk about the absence of conflict isn't necessarily the presence of health. Yeah. But it isn't if you fight, it's how you fight that you've got to assess and figure out how to get that messaging straight. What really are the core issues between the two of us? What are we doing trying to make an I stand so we can move this toward each other, not away from each other? 
to stop this spin away from each other and what's destroying us rather than building us or getting us where we need to be, right? That's exactly right. The thing that brain researchers have recognized is those fight-or-flight emotions, they are triggered in less than one-tenth of a second. So if you're just in the throes of that, you're not going to be able to stop it. You have to do uh, some work outside of your cycle to understand and look at what would be your vulnerable posture. If you go back to that image that I kind of mapped out for us a few minutes ago of the parent and the child, um, you know, when a child cries out, we are drawn to the child. They're helpless. They're defenseless. And as, as grown-ups, of course, we are more capable. We're more resilient. But what we want to be able to do in the healthy pattern of conflict is we want to come undefended. You were sharing Genesis 2, 25, and how we want to be naked and unashamed. And so that, to me, is like the picture of coming forward vulnerably, just as I am, and saying, you know, I, I need you. You're my person. I'm so hurt and angry because I can't reach you. That's what's at the core of it. It's my emotional distress because I can't reach the very person that God created me to be in unity with, to be face-to-face with. And when I can't experience that, when your face is scowling at me, or when I'm looking at your back, backside because you pulled away, this primal panic sets in, and that's what's fueling it. And then we've got to like literally drop down into a whole different gear, and it's that gear of vulnerability where we slow it down, where we prayerfully consider what it is that is at the root of this for me. You're listening to Life, Love, and Family. This is Dr. Tim Clinton, president of the American Association of Christian Counselors, your host. Our special guest today is Dr. Jesse Gill. He's a Christian psychologist focusing in on healing broken relationships and helping couples prevent that spin. He has a brand new book out called Face to Face, Seven Keys to Secure Marriage, an excellent book. Uh, to help couples, by the way, in particular, when they're in those cycles we're talking about where there's a lot of fighting going on and there's not a lot of freedom and there's not a lot of love going on, how to break through and get to a place where this is my lover and my friend. This is the person I'm, I want to be happy with or God help me to be happy with because that's what we want. That's what you want to honor in our relationship. Dr. Gill, let me go back into that conversation about fighting. In your book, and there's some amazing principles here that I think we've got to get out, you talk again about vulnerable language that changes everything. You just alluded to that right before I went into that break, but getting vulnerable with someone who doesn't feel safe It's hard to do that because the moment you feel like you're taking that step, you've opened yourself up to get hurt again. That's right. How do you tell somebody to become vulnerable or to see a little differently or respond differently when the the negative patterns have been the only thing that really seemed to protect me or to maybe move the needle a little bit between us? It's a great question. And I think, you know, it really has to go in stages. The way that this book is constructed, I'm so glad that you're fleshing this out for us today, Tim, because this book is actually constructed to help couples that are in some of the worst negative cycles that exist out there. This book is certainly for folks who want to do marriage enrichment, but this has powerful tools to really sink our teeth into the defeat of these negative cycles. So as I was stating earlier, the the first key is identifying the enemy. And that's where we sort of, from a less exposed 
vantage point, we both identify, okay, that's the negative cycle. That's the bad guy. That's the one that's doing so much harm. And so perhaps the first step in slowing it down is just to say, that's the negative cycle. And let's take a break. Let's cool off here. Because we know that the more I keep protesting, the more you keep avoiding, we're just going to spin round and round and cause each other a lot of collateral damage. The second steps, they get progressively deeper. And as we start to engage some of these specific strategies that I've given to protesters and avoiders. They are founded upon vulnerable language, but they first start by just saying, I have to speak about it differently. This is the thing that hurts and I won't be silent anymore. This is the thing that hurts and it really stems from my longing for you and and missing you. So we kind of go in stages and we get progressively deeper. Love is only known when we take risks and conversely, the more that we take the risks and we find somebody on the other side of it who is willing, they want to slow this down, they want to change this with us, it gradually begins to soothe our nervous system and send some signals of safety where we can go to those deepest levels with our beloved. Because if I don't feel safe with you, there's no way I'm going to be myself with you or that we'll have an opportunity to grow our love together, right? That's exactly right. On the the negative side, the negative cycle has created this climate where we feel unsafe, we feel attacked, our nervous systems are all jacked up in the fight or flight mode. And then on the flip side, once we even take small steps towards that face-to-face posture, we begin to communicate to our spouse that I care about you, I want to return to that place of face-to-face intimacy, and then it's very inviting Our ultimate goal, I talk about this in the book, is to create a face-to-face cycle where we're sharing vulnerably, we're slowing it down. You know, we can even tap into some of the things that are wounding us and we grieve our losses together. And that becomes so satisfying and so fulfilling that it puts together a, a kind of forward momentum once we get that traction. Somewhere in this journey, and it's not fun, if you've been down this road, you know the level of hurt that goes inside. To live with a lot of rejection or to live with a lot of hateful behavior at times, we do stuff to each other we would never do to a friend. I know we always say we hurt the ones or we bite the ones we love the most. It makes no sense, Jesse. And then I know that in marital therapy, and we, you and I have both done a lot of it, Somewhere you've got to get the couple back to where they can kind of go eye to eye, kind of face to face. I love the title of your book. You've got to be able to look that person in the eye, basically, and accept influence from them. So it's tough when you're looking at somebody who has hurt you, who's who's probably been pretty nasty. Even when you've tried to be loving and vulnerable, they've hurt you back again. They bit you. To me, this is the hardest phase right here, Jesse, to get through. Have you learned anything significant that you can share with us that helps kind of break through that impasse? It's a great question. In marriage therapy, of course, we have to make sure that both spouses want the same thing and they are willing to take a look at their role in things, their contribution to it. And I think that's kind of the same thing in a marriage that's maybe not in the therapy office. If you have a sense that both spouses want to work on it, then we can actually start down the path of reconciliation and forgiveness. And if you have one spouse that's still distant and they're not willing to engage, I think we have to kind of ratchet it back a little bit 
and be more measured in the steps that we take. So the ideal scenario is you've got two spouses and they're both saying, we are hurting and we want to fix this. And when that is in place, I believe that anything is possible, that there's hope. If we are intervening as therapists, as you and I do, Tim, we'll be the ones who kind of slow things down and we'll orchestrate those moments where we've helped a spouse frame it in a new way, in new vulnerable language. And, you know, we kind of set it up where we have them look and catch the eye of their beloved. And it's this cool thing that happens right there in the therapy session where you see this sort of initial discomfort, but then this kind of warmth takes over and maybe a look of surprise because the one spouse has just never heard it framed that way before. So I know that there's a lot of work that's needed when we're feeling defended and we don't feel safe, but even just a small step to say, the reason I'm so mad at you is because you're my most important person and doggone it if you have been coming home late from work this week and I I wonder if I really matter to you. When I start to say, it's really that I'm wondering if I really matter to you, all of a sudden the tone just starts to shift. Or that spouse who's the avoider and they say, I have been feeling so much like pulling away, but it's not because I dislike you. It's just because I feel terrible about myself that I can't get it right for you. So even those little steps, they can start to soften and change the climate. Dr. Jesse Gill is a Christian psychologist who's really passionate about marriage therapy. He and his wife, April, they have a marriage mentoring type ministry, but they've taught couples and counselors even powerful ways how scripture and relationship therapy, attachment theory is what we call it, can uh, be linked to helping restore marriages. And we're seeing a lot of work out there, Jesse, moving in this direction. And I think these new insights are powerful, but there's really nothing new under the sun. Ultimately, we have to anchor and root ourselves back into our relationship with God, Jesse. You unashamedly talk about, and and you're very bold about being Christ-centered, anchoring yourself in your relationship with God. Connect for us my marriage, my relationship with God, and really, I, I think freedom, because that's what we want. We just want to be free together. We want to love each other. Amen. I was first turned on to this model of marriage therapy about 13 years ago, and it so powerfully resonated with my understanding of God the Father that I felt led to reread the whole scripture through this lens of attachment. So I I do that in the book for the reader. I take you from Genesis all the way through Revelation, hearing God's heart. He speaks to us in a language that we can understand. And so he created us for attachment. That's our design for love. So of course, when he talks about love, he's going to communicate in that manner. And when we specifically get into our relationship with Christ, it is powerful because Jesus is the incarnational representative of God's love for us. He's the flesh and blood. He's the one that we can touch and feel. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the one that we cry out to and we say, I need you, Jesus. So the seventh key in my book is not put at the end by accident. It's the capstone. It's the cornerstone. It's the completion. Once you've learned what your attachment needs are, what your attachment longings are, what your attachment wounds are, so that you've been able to bring those prayerfully to the Lord, strategically, systematically know what it is that you're really crying out for. The seventh key is all about relying on the perfect love of Christ 
when my strength is not enough. And Tim, you know, you were asking me about my marriage earlier, and I know you shared vulnerably about you and Julie, and I, I so respect that. There are, of course, times when I just don't have it in my own strength to be the husband that I need to be for April. So I specifically go to the Lord and I say, you know, Jesus, help me, because I know what my avoidance tendencies are, and I know the things that April struggles with. And by your grace and through your strength, you know, I want to be the guy who stands in the gap. I don't want to be the guy who pulls away. I don't want to be the guy who attacks. I want to be vulnerable. And Jesus, of course, is our example of this. He loved us so much. He was so vulnerable. He spread out his arms and he died. He laid down all defenses. And that's what we as Christian spouses are called to do, to literally lay down our lives, lay down our protective defensive styles in order to be one and be reconciled with our beloved. I know in Hebrews it says that we have one who is in touch with our journey, our pain. He knows he's been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's attuned to us. Another interesting word, and our kids love it when we're attuned to them. And I know in love and marriage, Dr. Gill, that when we are attuned to each other, when I feel like Julie gets it, and I know Julie feels very secure and safe when she believes Tim gets it. He understands me. And more than that, he's there. That's right. And I'm safe. That's the kind of relationship that I think we're all looking for in our relationship with God and certainly with each other. And that's our prayer for you out there today, that God would give you that kind of love. Dr. Gill, let me give you the last statement to our listeners today. What's the big takeaway? The big takeaway is that there is hope and that all of the relationship science of the last couple decades has come together to give us a model. And it describes what we were created for, what we need. It tells us what's at the root of it when things go wrong. And the good news is that a a great theory like attachment theory also instructs us very specifically in the things that we need to do to turn it around and to create the kind of a love relationship face-to-face that we long for, that we were created for. So I just want to give people hope and encouragement, you know, as you pick up a copy of this book, Face to Face, Seven Keys to a Secure Marriage, my hope is, and my prayer is that you will not only learn more about your needs, but you will learn more about your Heavenly Father and His love for you. You'll reconnect with your spouse at a deeper level and also just be able to rely more and more on your Savior and friend, the Lord Jesus. Our special guest again today has been Dr. Jesse Gill, Christian psychologist, relationship expert, man who's really passionate about marital therapy. But the real conversation uh, comes back to you and what God wants to do in and through you and in your marriage, your love, your relationship together. I don't know where you're at, but God does. And uh, you know the cry of your own heart. If God's working in a special way and saying, you know what? We need to move the needle a little bit in the relationship toward him toward each other. If that's you in your relationship, know this, that God loves you, that he's there for you, and that he takes moments like this, maybe a broadcast, to nudge you in a direction, maybe to pick up a book like Face to Face, or maybe to make a phone call to a counselor, to a friend, a trusted friend, maybe a marriage mentor, and say, it's time to make a change. Maybe it's that call to talk to your spouse and say, hey, listen, honey, 
let's do something. If that's you, take that step. We'd love to be a part of your life. That's why we come to you every day on this station at this time, because we want to help you grow a stronger relationship with the one you love. We want to influence your relationship with God and more. If we can be of help to you, visit us at lifeloveandfamily.net. You'll learn more about Dr. Gill and his book. Our toll-free number is 855-455-3264. That number again, 855-455-3264. This is Dr. Tim Clinton for Life, Love, and Family. Thanks for listening. Life, Love, and Family. America's number one Christian residential treatment program, Honey Lake Clinic, specializing in addiction, depression, anxiety, bipolar, PTSD, staffed by nationally recognized psychiatrists and psychologists, a team of MDs and 24-hour nursing care, a 600-acre scenic sanctuary of unmatched beauty, Honey Lake Clinic. Most insurance accepted, scholarships available. Phone 844-747-7772, online, honeylake.clinic.